today how um, we've been doing a series about conflict resolution. And today, uh, last week we talked about growing, and one week we talked about communicating through conflict. But today we're going to talk about reconciling through conflict. And, uh, you know, how many of you have ever been through something? Today we're going to talk about a church uh, in Corinth who had a, Paul had a very painful thing happen, and then somebody particular in the church had did something painful, and uh, they had been coming back to the church, and they were a little reluctant because Satan were filling their mind with thoughts, and, and the, the members had to go and reconcile with that person because they were trying to say, hey, everything's forgiven and everything's right, but how many have ever had, and I'm not necessarily saying a church, but anything, how many have ever had something very painful happen to you with somebody, whether it be a church or something like that in your life? Raise your hand. Amen. And uh, it, it happens, doesn't it? And I hate to say it, in 32 years of ministry, it's happened to me and uh, happened several times and everything. And I'm sure it won't be the first, I'm sure it won't be the last either as well, but uh, life is painful and sometimes when you have relationships here, people, people will hurt you. Amen. Even in the church, people will hurt you. Amen. And, and, and sometimes when people get away from God here, uh, they want to come back here. I meet a lot of people and I contact a lot of people. In fact, I made me a list of people who's been out since COVID. And uh, a lot of them, for various reasons, they're going to come back. But uh, I'm going to give them to you. That way you can start calling them and different things like this. But I call them every week. How are you doing this and this? And there's, there's one watching right now. Pray for them. They're going through chemo. And uh, hello, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, but uh, uh, they're not here, but I know where they're at here. And there, there's other people. There's a person watching. Uh, they, they're not here because of illness and different things like this. But uh, they've told me that, that they watch and everything. And uh, when you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2 for a second here, I want you to look at verse... Verse um, verse 10, it says, to whom you forgive, now notice the word forgive anything, okay, I forgive also. Now notice here, you forgive anything, I being Paul, forgive also here. For if I, notice the word forgave anything to whom I, notice the word Forgave it for your sakes. Forgave it in the person of who? And what's that mean when you forgive it just like Jesus would forgive it? Amen? Now, how many, are, how many realize some things are harder to forgive than others? You know, there, if, if I don't talk to Mark Allen here and uh, he gets mad at me, well, he wouldn't. But, but I'm just saying if he did here and I'd be like, hey, no big deal, right, Mark, and everything. But uh, if I robbed Mark and uh, stole from Mark, that would be harder, especially if it was your pastor here. Uh, but uh, if somebody, uh, and I've seen this in church, heaven forbid here, uh, but I've seen people taken advantage of sexually in a, in a church here. And uh, it, it happens here. And that, I don't know about you, that, that would be hard to move forward for that person here. How many agree with me, okay? I, I know people before, I've tried to help them move past that here, and I've said, man, that was a bad guy too. If I could have strung him up, I would have did that too. But, uh, but, but, but that's, that's, that's a different setting than 
if I don't talk to Mark here and then I say, hey, no big deal, I forgive him. But there are other things that, that, uh, that hurt and they're, they're more painful here. But I want you to notice here, when we have painful things and we have to learn to forgive or we don't, look at verse 11 here. And look at verse 11. It's, it's very important here. It says, lest Satan, Satan's our adversary, should get a what? An advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his what's called devices or schemes here. Now, do you realize, I'm going to ask my football coaches here. I know Nick, you coach, and Rodney, and a couple other you guys here. You study game film, don't you guys? The purpose of studying game film, Rodney. I'm going to put you on the spot. You are James. What is the purpose of studying the game film? Yeah, learn your opponent, and then also look at your team and say, we did that right, right? Or, hey, gut buster, <laughs> amen, or something like this, okay? Now, today is a big game. Does anybody know what a big game is today? What's a big game? And for you football fans, some would care less. Who are the two teams that's in it? Bengals, okay? Now, this is non-spiritual. Who wants the Bengals to win? I like Joe Burrow. He's from my hometown. Amen. So uh, my mom said, man, she, she, my mom's not a football fan. She's worried Joe Burrow and everything like this. Okay. But, uh, but how many want the Rams? How many could care less? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Especially after they didn't uh, do this. But do you know what each, each team, each coach did is what they did is they, leading up to this game, they would study every single thing about Joe Burrow and every single thing about Matt Stafford or every single thing about a defense, everything thing about the play. They'll run it. Rodney, you guys probably run it. Yeah, run that back through. Run it back. Oh, yeah. Okay, when we play Tucker here, yeah, watch, guys. Okay, and Rodney's on the line. Hey, hey, we've done cover this. They're getting ready to do it here because he has, he has watched them. And do you guys plan a scheme for each game? Yeah, yeah, because you want to get an advantage over your opponent here. Now, do you realize Satan is like a roaring lion? He goes around seeking whom he devour. And Satan is not a dummy. How many realize Satan's not a dummy? He knows how to out-scheme us here. And if we don't realize how he works, then we're going to fall for some of his schemes here. And what Satan does, I believe Satan, I heard John Hagee one time preach a sermon. He said, if you, if you could look around my auditorium and see how much spiritual opposition is going on around just, this, just to prohibit me getting to this truth to you. If you could see the unseen, you would probably be amazed. Now, how many realize even in your daily life when, you, when you're going through your daily life and your routines, you're going through church here, you can't always see the unseen, the battle of the warfare that tries to defeat the Christian, right? And I'll tell you what here, a lot of people are, this word ignorant here means uninformed here. A lot of people are uninformed who their enemy is here. And does their enemy take advantage of pain and hurt relationships? You know, somebody gets hurt, 
uh, in a marriage and or somebody gets hurt uh, in, a, in a friendship or somebody gets hurt in a church or somebody gets hurt. And uh, can Satan take advantage of that? Yeah. And so I'm going to speak today about restoration here, how we restore relationships here when there is much pain. And again, if you're going to live long enough, you're going to have some pain in your life. Somebody's going to pain you here. Somebody's going to hurt you here. And Satan could take advantage of that here, or you could turn around and have a growing thing from this, if you, if you learn some principles here. Now, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 2, verse 1. And I want you to see here what Paul says in verse 1 here. But I determine, now notice here, Paul takes a good look within himself. And notice what he says right here. I determine, verse 1, with, with, with myself. Now notice what it, what it says. That I would not come again to you in what, folks? Heaviness here. Now, heaviness here is great pain here, okay? Something has caused great pain here. So what Paul does here, instead of saying here, I'm going to go talk to this person that's great pain, he has a little talk with God and has a little talk with himself here, okay? Now, how many have ever did that when you've been hurt before you said, hey, before I ever go talk to this person, I better have a little talk with God and have a little talk with myself first. Amen. How many have ever ruined something without talking things over with yourself here? Maybe you said, hey, now's not the time to talk to that person because I'm bullying mad. I would say something that I would regret here. Now, have you ever been that there before? You said, man, I, I, I just, I'm going to take a time out here. I, I, I got to walk away. You got to have those little talks. Now, how many agree with me with an amen? You got to have those little talks with you and God. And especially if something that causes you pain. So Paul says, man, I looked at myself here and I had a very painful thing happen with the people in Corinth right here. Now, look what he says in verse 2 here. It says, for if I make you sorry here. Now, notice the word, if I make you sorry. Who is it then that makes me glad, but the same which is made sorry by who? Now, let me ask you a question here. When we talk about repentance here, repentance means a U-turn. It means a change here, okay? And it means when somebody has done something wrong, uh, we want them to change. Amen? Okay? When we get saved, we have to repent. We have to, we have to change here. We have to turn to Christ here. Re repentance is turning from me to turning to Christ here for salvation here. Okay? And how many agree here that if I go to Brother Ronnie here and I have been hurt with Brother Ronnie... And if I try to make Brother Ronnie sorry here, is that God working in Ronnie's life or is that me using fleshly means of doing it? Which one is it, folks? It's me here. Now, let me ask you a question here, okay? 
Paul says here, you, you Corinthians have done something to hurt me here. And I want you to be sorry. I want you to be sorry for what you do here. Now, how many have ever had children before? And your goal when you discipline your children is, hey, you haven't taken out the trash. Okay? Whether you give them a spanking, whether you, take, you ground them, there's different means of correcting them, right? Here. But the end goal is you want them to change something about them, right? Here. You teachers, okay? You have students here. Students always do everything you say, right? <laughs> Wrong. How many have ever had to discipline your student here, okay? I remember when I was a kid, Frankie Wright, I will not beat up Slade Hiddle a hundred times on that chalkboard. <laughs> that was my punishment here. I got in a fist fight in the third grade here. Had to stay after school. How many remember those old chalkboards? Okay. But my teacher said, I want, they, they called me Frankie because of the third grade, Chad. I don't want Frankie to go around getting in a fight, losing his temper here and getting fights. So we had these old chalkboards, me and a guy named Slade Hiddle. One was on one side, one. I will not a hundred times. And I'm thinking, I, know, I, I, I learned it enough. You know, how many learned it? I, 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 I will, 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 I'm going to get this done fast, amen. Then when I was done, I said, man, I'm glad I'm done with that here. Now, did it change me? Nope. <laughs> a few more times of doing that and then going to the principal's office and then finally going to dad's office <laughs> changed me here. Now, did the teacher want to make me sorry for what I did? Yeah. But ultimately, sorrow has got to come from the heart, right? Now, when somebody has caused you pain, let me ask you a question. You want sorrow for, you want them to forgive you from the heart, not to make somebody forgive you, right? Okay. I may agree with you. If I make Ronnie forgive me, is that growth, Ronnie? No, that's making me do it here. So Paul realizes here that he, he has had some pain, so look what he says. And he wants the people to change. So what does he do here? Look at verse 3. And this is a good principle I talked to you about last week. What does he do in verse 3? And I did what? Wrote this same unto you. Lest when I came... I should have sorrow from them whom I ought to do but what? Rejoice, having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. Now, what does Paul do in this painful event? Okay? He decides, when I come back to the people who have caused me pain, I want it to be a happy time here. I don't want it to be a, a sad fighting time here. So what he does... He writes a letter here. Now, and what he does, he sends this letter ahead with, with this man. And, and, and you keep reading here. It's, 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 it's a, a Titus here. A, a, um, Titus here, okay. And he sends this letter here. And when he has this letter here, he has time to process it. He has time to think about it here. Now, how many of you all hate to be rushed with something. Raise your hand. 
Okay? I was faced not too long ago with somebody wanted me to make a quick decision here. And at the time, I was thinking in my fleshly mind, I got to do something. I, gotta, I, I have to do it. I have to do it now, 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 now. And through God's providence here, somebody, a couple people said, no, 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 do this, do this, do this, do this. And I said, I said, man, I am glad that I waited. Amen. I am glad that I waited here. Now, is it important every once in a while if somebody that has caused you pain, maybe you should write them a letter and give them a little bit of space and allow God to work. Now, have you ever thought about the person who has caused you so much pain that it hurts you that you said, I really am not in the mood to talk to them right now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it in my spirits right. I'm going to find out what I want to tell them here. I'm going to send it. And now the whole church can read what they did to you here. And that is a very good, important principle here is to write a letter when you're painfully hurt. Discuss how you were painfully hurt here to also give people space, time to process here. Now, I remember one time Brother Mark wrote a letter, not a, not a letter that he was mad at me about or anything, but... Uh, he wrote a letter, some, something like he did with a letter here. And uh, I said, Brother Mark, why would you write a letter here? He says, well, people like to process things. When they read things, they like to think about them, process them, and, and pray about things as well, too. Now, how many of you are like that here? How many of you are, you don't like to be pressured, you have to do, you like to process things, and you like to say, here, what really, really happened here? Now, Paul is telling us, this is a great principle here. Something's caused you great pain. I'm just not going to visit to them. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to write them a letter here, and then I'm going to give them some space so that when I come, it's going to be a time of rejoicing, not a time of further pain here. Now, let me ask you a question. If somebody has caused you further pain, is that what you want, even more further pain? No, you want to grow and reconcile with this person. So what happened, he was writing this to the church here, okay? And we're going to see here, he's, he's telling them about an individual who had sinned in the church here, but the church toward Paul, he was writing them a letter here, and notice Valentine's Day is tomorrow. Look what, at the care and love that the letter comes from. This is very important here. Whenever you send out a letter here, it ought to come from a caring heart here. Now look at verse 4. For out of much affliction and what? Anguish of what? I wrote unto you with many what, folks? Not that you should be grieved, but that you should know the what, folks? The love which I have more abundantly unto you. Now, did this painful thing cause Paul to shed a lot of tears? Folks, there are going to be things in life, in church, in, in families, in marriages here. They will cause you pain. How many have ever seen the movie Fireproof? Raise your hand, okay? I like it when Kirk Cameron uh, doesn't tell his wife, okay, when they're getting a divorce here. He says, we're going to go through the 40-day challenge here. And he goes to this, and, and what, what, what's, what's, the response, uh, what's the response his wife thinks? You're just doing this, right? You're just doing this to do this, okay? But ultimately, she didn't know that Kurt got what? 
She didn't know that Kirk got saved. And so when she finally realizes there's been a true change in Kirk here, she says, what has happened to you? And she says, I want what you want here. And she said, when did you stop the 40-day challenge? And what was his answer? He haven't stopped here. You see here that there was, there was needed reconciliation in that marriage. So what Kurt did, Kurt gave him space. Kurt gave him time for things to work out. Kurt dealt with what hurt him. She dealt with what hurt him. And there was a love that has. Now, how if you write a letter to somebody and it's hurt you, how should it be written? That you might know the what? What's what's verse 4 say? It might know the what? The love which I have more what? Abundantly unto you. Now, how should it be written in mean-spiritedness? You did this and you did this here, okay? I have did marriage counseling before, and sometimes Rodney here, I almost have to put a referee outfit on. I'll say, so my wife will say, you did this and you did this and you did this. I'll say, time. I'm the referee here. I'm trying to get you guys back together here. And let's stop saying you did this, you did this, and let's start over. What were some good things that you did that draw you together here before you want to leave each other here? And uh, my point is okay here. Is it important to show people that you love them when you're coming to them? How many of you hate it when somebody comes to you with the spirit of, you did this, and you did this, and you did this, and you did this, and you did this, okay? What's your first response you want to do? Well, yeah, you did this, and you did this, and you did this. How many of marriages, you know what I'm talking about here. When somebody comes to you and they say, you did this wrong, and you did this wrong, and you did this wrong. Now, church is no different. Work is no different here. Relationships are no different here. Things go wrong. And things that will cause us to hurt here. So if we're going to handle and we're going to reconcile, we eventually get to what they did here. But we got to make sure my heart toward that person is full of what? Love. If I'm going to forgive them like Jesus here, that means i got to spend a little bit of time with Jesus here. Now, how many agree that some painful things are harder to forgive? You know, I don't know about you, when I read Matthew chapter 5, where it says, forgive your enemies, pray for those who despitefully use you here, red letter, there's a song that says, red letters, who wrote those red letters when it says, forgive those, take the baggage, who wrote those? Jesus. Who are we supposed to be like when somebody hurts us? We're supposed to be like Christ. Now, do we always want to be like Christ when we're experiencing pain? No. So if we're not, what do we got to do? We got to do like Paul. We got to say, hey, this is pain me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take some time. I'm going to get my thoughts together. I'm going to write you a letter. I'm going to show you here. But now he talks about the person who has sinned in the church here. Okay? And look at verse 5. But if any have caused, now look at verse 5, has caused what? Grief. He's not grieved me here, but in part that I may not overcharge you all here. Now, why didn't it grieve Paul here? If it grieved them, why didn't it grieve Paul here? Paul had already dealt with it in his heart, but these people hadn't dealt with the sin in their heart here. Now, notice here, can things, when somebody does something and disappoints you here, can it grieve you? How many with a good amen have ever been grieved before? And doesn't grief hurt 
When people hurt you here, doesn't it hurt here? Now, Paul says here, it hurt me, but I've already dealt with it here. But it's very important. It says, look at verse six, 5, but in part that I might not overcharge you all. Now, what does the word overcharge you all? It means to be too severe here. Now, let me ask you a question. When you were a kid, did you get spanked when, when, when they used to do spankings? I got them. Give me an amen. Okay. Did you get spanked for everything you did? No. There were times dad said, you're grounded from the Atari. How many remember the old-fashioned Atari? Oh, dude, the Pac-Man champion, amen. Okay. I said, man, man, I'm grounded from the Atari. Man, dad, that's, oh, man, that's not fair here. But that took care of it here. And there were other times dad said, you're grounded for two weeks. You're in your room, buddy. Yeah, when you jumped off the bridge here and you wrecked my car here and you lied about it, you were supposed to be in Pizza Hut here. When you, when you kicked my rear end in front of the police officer and I turned around, I said, I was 16 and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, he's too hard on me. And I remember the police officer saying, no, he's too light on you, amen. But how many agree with me, you, you don't spank for children for everything? Now, how many agree with me? Child abuse goes on. It happened even in Elkins recently. I wish I had a rope. I'm sorry. Let me be in the flesh. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Amen? I, I, oh, that's another sermon here. But let me ask you a question. Can some people go too far? And boy, you know, I've seen cases where people go too far here and they do things to children here for spilled milk on a carpet. And I'm thinking... That's wrong here. You know, they could have did something there. Now, let me ask you a question. Can Christians go too far when somebody sins in the church? Can they go too far? Let me show you. Let me make up a story here. And, and, and what if a young person got pregnant in our youth group here? And everybody knows the small town. The small, everybody knows everything in a small town. Everybody knows. So in their mind here, Satan keeps them away. You understand, in their mind, Satan keeps them away. I've talked to people before, and I'd say, I'd say, uh, why don't you come back to church? They, they, you know what they say? It's what people would think of me. Now, where did that thought come from? That Satan, that didn't come from God. Where did that thought come from? That come from God here. Now, let me ask you a question here. How many of you have ever been in a church? They're either tilted one way or the other here. Either too legalistic here. Or too lenient here. Oh, God loves you, everything, this and that and everything. The Bible says Jesus was full of grace and what else? Grace and what? Truth. They balance each other out. Now, how many have ever been in a church or any kind of relationship where people, they're just mean-spirited? Now, Brother Ronnie, I'm glad that we don't have that, and I hope... Amen. We don't have that. Amen. Uh, I hope that when we realize that we love people here, that we are loving, caring, but we deal with sin too. Amen. And you know what? I hope my children, will, they, they've seen me angry before. That's the one downstairs here, okay? But they've also seen me loving too. Amen. Now let me ask you a question here. Paul was worried that the people could overcharge the person. Now, what happens if they overcharge the person they're too severe? There could be no repentance. There could be no restoration of that person. But notice what verse 6 says. Look at verse 6. Sufficient 
to a man is this what? Punishment, which was what? Afflicted of what? So there was some kind of discipline here. Whatever this person in the church did, there was some kind of discipline, okay? I had a, I had a, a pastor friend in Bible college, and uh, I won't mention his name here, but uh, he, uh, he became a Christian here. And uh, he was Amish, and he got shunned. And I thought to myself, boy, that, that would hurt, amen? That, that, that would hurt very, very much to be, to be shunned by my family and things like this, okay? But my point is, okay, that uh, going back to this text right here, did the people deal with the truth part? Yeah. The punishment was inflicted by many. In other words, they didn't overlook the sin, but... They needed a little bit of the grace part to here. Now notice what it says in verse 7. So that contrise, you ought to rather to do what, folks? There's two words here. You ought to do what? Forgive him and do what? Now, why do you need to go to that person and why do you need to tell that person, I forgive you here? Why is it important that you go to people? Now, the Bible tells us sometimes... We, the Bible says in Proverbs, sometimes it's a glory to overlook offense, okay? If Ronnie, I keep picking on Ronnie, does something to me here, and I say, that's no big deal here. I just overlook it here. That, 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 that's no big deal. But if Ronnie really, really does something to hurt me here, and I go to that person, and, and I, I said, Ronnie, uh, what you did hurt me, and we talk it over, and we, we go back to each other here, um, knowing that Ronnie forgives me here helps me, right? How many have ever heard those words people say, well, I forgive you? <laughs> oh, you really did forgive me, huh? Okay. You, you really, really didn't. How many, how many realize that's easy to say? Oh, I forgive you. I, oh, I forgive you here. Why do you need to forgive and why do you need to comfort this person? Last time I checked, when somebody needs comfort, they felt bad what they did here. And do you realize, folks, there are some people that feel bad about what they do, but they don't want to come back to church here because they think, what would people think of me here? What would they do here? And so Satan uses these thoughts in their minds here to, to not allow restoration here. So what is our duty? What is our duty? Our duty is to go up to that person and say, I forgive you. If I have to do headstands, whatever, I forgive you here. And I comfort you here. I, I learn to use my words, my languages, my body tone to let them know here everything's all right here, okay? Now, there's a song, everything's all right. Sing it with me. In my what? Father's house. In my father's house. In my father's house. Everything's all right in my father's house where there's joy, joy, joy. Now, let me ask you a question here. Have you ever had somebody, whether it be the church or any kind of relationship, where they said on their part everything was all right, but on the other person's part everything wasn't all right? And you had to go back and you had to reassure them here, okay? Now, why do you need to reassure them here? Look at verse 9, and it's very important that you see this. For to this end, this is the reason I wrote the letter, that I might know the proof of you, whether you be what, folks? Obedient in what? Now, you realize in every area, 
God wants us to be obedient even when we get hurt. And how many realize it's hard to say, I forgive that person when you got hurt? It's hard to be obedient in that. How many agree with me sometimes? It's hard to do this, but does God want us to be obedient here? If we're not obedient here, and we don't do what God wants to do, are we ever going to have restoration here? And the problem is, I see this all the time, whether it be churches, relationships, communities, marriages here, okay? We don't want to follow the Bible way. Blessed are the peacemakers, they're the children of God. We don't want to follow the Bible way. We must go tell that person. We must go to that person. We must hope that they'll repent. But look what it says right here. For to this end, verse 10, if you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave lest anything, I forgive it for your sakes. Notice it's for your sakes. I forgave it in the person of who, folks? Now, why do I need to tell this person it's for your sake that I forgive you here? Now, sometimes... For your sake, if they don't accept forgiveness, it's good for you to just go on with your emotional life and say, I did what I needed to do, whether they did to do here. But why is it good to that person who has sinned and gone wrong and, and wants to come back, why is it good for their sake here? Because you're trying to be Jesus Christ to them. Now let me ask you a question here. There's a song here, and Brother Mark, you made, what's that, what's that song where the pastor dresses up? On his first day of the sermon, like a homeless man, and he goes into the church here. It's a, it's a new song here. Uh, there's a song here, and uh, it's, it's about being like Jesus here. So the pastor goes on his first day of the sermon here, uh, and he dresses up like Jesus Christ. And he wants to teach the people of the church to be like Jesus Christ here. And he dresses up like a homeless person. And he goes and he sits on the first or second row and somebody says, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not supposed to sit there. You're supposed to be there. So it's a Christian song here. And then he takes off his jacket here and he says, well, we're going to have a sermon. <laughs> oh, we're going to have a sermon here. How you treated that person when you walked in was actually the guy that's about ready to give a sermon here. Now, let me ask you a question here. Have you ever been treated wrongly, not like Jesus Christ in a church? I have. <laughs> I'm, I'm not to say admit it. Have you ever been treated wrongly in a Christian marriage? Have you ever been treated wrongly by another Christian? Okay. How do you do it here? Now, why do we need to do this? Look at verse 11. I'm done. Why do we need to comfort? Why do we need to forgive? Why do we need to do this? Look at verse 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. Us. That's the church. That's the individual. And we're not ignorant of his schemes here. Now, do you realize, folks, here, a lot of people have never studied Satan. And they don't, they don't know how he acts, don't know how he works, don't know how he, uh, don't know how he looks. They think he's some little cartoon character with a little pitchfork and people like this, okay. No, 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 no. He's a pretty wise fellow, right? He knows how to destroy marriages. He knows how to destroy good friendships. He knows how to destroy communities. He knows how to destroy churches. He knows how, because he's a smart fellow here. And he, Rodney, I'll quit on this. He sits back and he, he looks at that game plan. He says, ah, there's a weakness in Pastor Stanley right there. Ah, 
Uh, I'm going to attack him. He's tired, man. He's, over, he's, not, he's not got enough rest or something like this. How many of y'all are when you're too tired here? And I, I was on prednisone this week for, for a neck problem, and uh, I was on it two days. <laughs> oh, how many have ever been on prednisone? <laughs> okay. And my wife says, I think I'm going to go on vacation. <laughs> um, that, the medicine has a side effect. Amen. And uh, just, just didn't deal with me here. Said, uh, pharmacist, can I quit taking this? So he said, yes. But uh, I was walking everywhere, amen. But my point is, okay, it would have been so easy when I was jittery to say, Jacob, ah, I lose my temper with you here. And Satan knew when you don't get enough rest, when, and Satan realizes when you're not in your Bible here, you're at your weakest here. When you're not in church, you're at your weakest here. So I want to give you some homework, do some game plan, list your weaknesses. You say, list your weaknesses. Yeah. The pastor behind this pulpit has weaknesses. Can I get an amen even? You just don't know them all. Ask my wife. Amen. And ask people here. Some of you know them, okay? But my point is, okay, he knows, he knows how to take advantage of people. And he knows how to get in churches, Ronnie. Ronnie, And he knows how to take it and take a plan and destroy things. He knows how to keep people out of church here. And it's up to us to be Jesus Christ to the person who has forgiven. It's not always easy. And i tell you what, folks, it's not pretty easy sometimes as well. To every head bowed, every eye closed, and 